Chamberlain. Hello, everyone, okay. and oh, welcome back. <laughs> sorry, man. Fine, we're just going. It. We're going. <laughs> Fuck it. We're doing it live. <laughs> we're doing it live. <laughs> Enjoy, Chris. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah, let me turn my fan off. Hosted by the Retro Hangover Podcast. My name is Arnie. I'll be your host on this fine evening of dueling video games, but I'm not going to be doing this alone. As always, I have two fine co-hosts joining me today. First, Eric, host of the Unlockables Podcast. Eric, how are you doing today? Arnie, I'm doing good, sir. Thank you for such a sterling introduction. Very really? well done, sir. I'm trying my best. It's it's fantastic. And I, I really appreciate uh, you guys having me on, letting me be part of King of Games. I listened to the entirety of the 2000s ter- tournament and I was just enamored with it. So to get a chance to be a part of it and decide the fate of all these games is is absolutely an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, hell yeah. We love having you aboard as long as you make the correct decision. As long <laughs> as you agree right. with me, you will have a long, fruitful life here. And then our second host, the editor of, or one of the editors, I should say, of the Retro Hangover podcast, Mr. Ashton Ruby. Ashton, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm also excited about this. Enjoyed listening to the King of Games. I don't know if I agreed with all the results, but <laughs> now I get to vote, I suppose, and make other yeah, people that's how I, not that's agree how with I my know votes. you really. I was going to say, that's how I know you really listen to it, because you, <laughs> you don't agree with all the results. Yeah. Well, there's no Sims in this tournament to go super far, so we'll have to. I know. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's at least, I'm sure every year there will be one game that people are like, this is the game I hate now. Like, this is the one I thought <laughs> yeah. I liked it before it like knocked off some other game that I really liked, like Final Fantasy or something. Exactly. <laughs> there's always one of those. Yeah. And usually I'm the one voting for it. So <laughs> that's how you know. That's how you know I make all the right decisions. (laughs) But getting back to what the tournament is about, we are here for another edition of the King of Games 1992. And this is a, a, you call it a bite-sized, sort of 8-bit, portable edition. We're talking Game Boy games, man. We got our two Game Boy seeds in the tournament going up against each other in the first round. Just a crying shame that one of these has to be let go, but... Them's the breaks, man. Like, you don't always get what you want, right? Let's kick it off talking about our first entry here. Mario Land 2, the six golden coins. Now, I was not a OG Game Boy kid at all. My first sort of entry into portable gaming came with a Game Boy Color. Mm -hmm. And I started off with Pokemon. Like, I, I started with Pokemon and I sort of just rode that trip forever. So a lot of the early Game Boy stuff, Tetris, Mario Land, Dr. Mario... I didn't really play a lot of that stuff like puzzle games were not for me. Platformers were not really for me. I was looking for a lot of RPG stuff and like trading card games like I really like that stuff. So Super Mario Land, not a series that I'm familiar with at all. And to be honest, when I first heard about it, I was like, what the fuck is this? This is not (laughs) Mario. (laughs) Like that was my first like guttural reaction to it is so different. And obviously that, you know, you had to sort of make a lot of compromises when you're talking about scaling something down to something like the Game Boy, even coming off of the NES. I feel like 
you got to take a few steps back when you're talking about Game Boy. Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, developed by Nintendo R&D 1, published by Nintendo, obviously, released in Japan, North America, and the UK, latter half of 1992 for the original Game Boy. This is a, a game that I feel like a lot of people talk about now. I don't remember hearing a lot about it, like, even a few years ago, as much as I hear about it now. Like, a lot of the, I feel like a lot of people are rediscovering the Mario Game Boy games. And so I feel like there's a little bit of love being shed back on them just because they're so different. They're so quirky. Like, you don't really get that Mario experience anywhere else, <laughs> even in the in the newer portable games. Like mm. they, they don't they don't do them like this anymore. And I think that's a result of a lot of those limitations. But even back then, like you can see the game rankings for this for this game is 80 percent. EGM gave it an 87 point five Nintendo power by a source. I know, but still three point seven out of five. Like it was considered at the time, like one of the top Game Boy games. I just want to sort of clear the deck here. And I'll start with you, Ashton. Like, what is your experience with Mario Land 2? Like, did you play it back then? Did you play it maybe a few years later? What was your experience initially with the game? Yeah, I played it when it actually came out. Okay. Wow. We were decent Game Boy players, I guess. Mm -hmm. Most of our systems, be it console or handheld, were hand-me-downs from our older brothers. Uh, So whenever they got tired with it or, you know, moved on to something better, that's when we got it. Getting older, so it's harder to remember <laughs> 30 years ago. <laughs> but yeah, we, I definitely remember playing this game, playing it a lot, thinking it was really cool that it was different from a lot of the other Game Boy games and in a lot of ways kind of different from Mario, but mm-hmm. still Mario, still jumping on stuff and collecting coins. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I played it a, a decent amount. Oh, I yeah. still had to refresh myself a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> I think we all do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> As far as the got it when it came out and played it and liked it, that's the camp I'm in. Sweet. Um, let me ask you this real quick. Mm-hmm. Had you at that point already played like the NES games? Like oh, was yeah. this okay? So from that perspective, did you feel like it was like when you played it and you were like, "Oh, this is way different." Like was that disappointing? Did you sort of see it as like, "I don't really care." Like it's more Mario. You know what I mean? Like. I know a lot of people yeah. sort of had to adjust to what this was as compared to what they had played before. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it was probably closer to the latter. I liked Mario and I liked experiencing new games and new things. So I was happy to play whatever, really. And I liked most of the you know interesting choices or diversions that they chose. And it was you know pretty short, fairly simple. No, yeah, no, yeah. I definitely didn't think of it as this is not a Mario game or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I was ever that hardcore about any game series, but yeah. Back then, it was more like, "Who are you going to argue with?" Like, they're the company; they are Mario. <laughs> this is Nintendo. <laughs> this is their game. There's no bad Mario's when you're seven years old. There's just <laughs> yeah, more Mario. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. true. <laughs> what about you, Eric? What was your sort of first introduction to this game, and what did you think about it when you first played it? Yes. Yeah, so Mario has always held a very special place in my heart. Uh, Super Mario World was the very first game I ever played as a kid when I was three. Uh, one of my mm-hmm. very, very earliest, earliest memories. So Mario has always held a special place in my heart for, for all of his games. And uh, I was introduced to the Game Boy once my parents discovered that, you know, video games was something I'd like to do. Uh, that became a very yeah. easy type of, you know, toy, Christmas gift, birthday gift, that sort of thing. So a couple years before the Game Boy Color came out, I got one of the original red brick Game Boys that ran on the four double A's. 
Yes. Nice. I got to experience uh, the original Super Mario Land, the first one. Okay. Because that's a no-brainer, right? It's it's more Mario. It's on the Game Boy. That's something easy for a parent. Can't go wrong. Hey, the Mario's on the box. That's easy. Pick it off the shelf. <laughs> yep. The thing is, I remember about Mario Land 1 is that uh, it felt more like the Mario on the NES. And it was just everything was very small in that game. The sprites are very small, the boxes and everything like that. So I didn't play Mario Land 2. I didn't actually know Mario Land 2 existed until, like you said, a couple of years ago when yeah. the the conversation around it was, hey, like this game's actually very, very good. So I had kind of expectations going into it that it would be a good game. And uh, just going into it and ha- remembering having the, the memories of Mario Land 1 and seeing how drastically different Mario Land 2 was, was, was very surprising. And just kind of how it still manages to retain the feel of Mario. I mean, that's always the goal that Miyamoto's have with Mario. It's like, hey, it's a game you can pick up and you play it and you know it feels like Mario. Yep. It, it, that's just what it is. But still having its own unique identity, like well, I'm sure we'll dive into the kind of the story and the levels and the layout and being able to go wherever you want uh, and, and tackle levels in any order. I thought it was very unique and very interesting for its time and very interesting just in the Mario uh, mythos as, as a whole. So, yeah, I played it uh, for the first time this week when you were like, hey, we need to get this episode knocked out. And I'm like, I better play this game. So (laughs) I was very I played it emulated just on my laptop on original Game Boy emulation. And it was I really enjoyed it. I thought it was was really good. And I try to keep in mind, too, that, hey, it you know was on the Game Boy. They did have to make some concessions. But comparing one to two, like I could tell easily that this is Mario. So, oh, yeah, I'm glad I got the the excuse to go back and check it out. And definitely just learn a little bit more about uh, the side of Mario that you don't really hear about. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why this game feels so different, too, and I'm sure we'll touch on, is that Miyamoto was not involved in this series at all, really. He was busy working on Mario World and Link to the Past. That's right. So I think that definitely shows, and that team took this game in a really good creative direction and ended up liking it a lot. That's right. Miyamoto was busy uh, chain-smoking cigarettes and putting them out on interns to <laughs> work on this stuff. <laughs> I'm glad we have both of these perspectives with Ashton playing it right when it came out, you playing it, you know, very, very recently for the first time. I also played it quite recently for the very first time. And I sort of had a similar experience. You know, I would immediately I was like, this is different, but it's but it's the same in this in a lot of ways. Like, I, I know what this feels like. I instinctively know what I have to do. I don't need any sort of tutorial or any sort of, you know, instruction on how to play this game because it plays just like Mario. It just looks a little funky, right? Like you get a little feather when you got your fire flower and you get bunny like you get ears on your hat when you eat a carrot. Like, but other than that, it's like, you know, you jump, you run, you stomp on Goombas, you collect coins, you do all the normal Mario stuff. And I mean, it kind of shows that even when Miyamoto wasn't involved, like people just couldn't get enough of Mario. This Mm -hmm. game sold over 11 million copies worldwide. It's the fifth best selling Game Boy game of all time. Somebody liked it, right? <laughs> like right. somebody was buying this. I was shocked to learn that stat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And especially for a sequel, too, which I feel like, you know, sometimes, especially for a sequel like this, where I think you put it best, Eric, where you see Super Mario Land 1 and that game is just like, what if we miniaturized Mario? Like, what if we just kept it as true to Mario as possible? And this game was like, what if we had a lot of fun making this game. right <laughs> you know like wh- what if we what if we didn't rigidly stick to like the mario formula and you know it worked and it also sort of brought out a lot of other things it's the first game to feature wario famously right one of the sort of main canon 
Mario uh, antagonists now. You know, it eventually got a re-release on the 3DS Virtual Console in 2011, also quite well received there. Um, and in 2017, there was actually a ROM hack called Mario Land 2 DX, which is basically a, you know, a, a, re, a remake or a ROM hack, obviously, of the game, which removed lag. It added color. It added Luigi as a playable character. So there's a community of people still, you know, 30 years later or 20 some odd years later at that point that still like I want to play more Mario Land 2. Yeah, like, man. I'm not tired of this game. Yeah, I actually tried that ROM hack out mm-hmm. for a little bit today. How was it? Good. It it was the way I put it is it's like not you're not really playing a new game, but you're definitely yeah. playing a more refined version of it. And some of the changes, I don't know that I would have changed. So like you mentioned, mm-hmm. he has the like turban with a feather when he gets the firepower. They changed it to just yeah. the regular mm. uh, Mario red and white outfit. Yeah things like that and there's lots more colors so it looks a little better yeah it's hard to tell sometimes on emulation to compare like how it's running yeah did you play as luigi (laughs) i there's they add a little room you walk into when you select your (laughs) file your save file oh gotcha that's cool i was interested in seeing what they did with mario in this remake so i just went with mario yeah and i think there's other ones i think people made a version where you play as princess peach or daisy oh that's interesting stuff like that I think there's one where you can play as Wario, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they just had to wait for the sequel to do that. They could have just yeah. waited. <laughs> I know. I, I always say this. I wish I was talented sometimes. Like when I see people do stuff like this, I'm like, wow, wouldn't it be nice to yeah. actually be able to do things and like be good at something? Yeah. God bless the emulation community. They are absolutely spectacular. Oh, they got I will never not be impressed with the things that people dedicate so much time and effort to. But. Obviously, Mario Land 2 is just one half of the equation for this episode. And obviously, the other half is our other Game Boy game, Du Jour, Kirby's Dreamland, developed by HAL Laboratory, published by Nintendo, released initially in Japan in April of 92, with subsequent releases in North America and PAL territories in August of 92. Need I say more? Like, the original introduction of Kirby, whereas Mario... You know, once you get to Mario Land 2, you're you're talking about a well-established franchise. Whereas Kirby's Dream Land, the genesis of another major Nintendo IP in Kirby himself, the pink fluff ball that everybody <laughs> loves and adores. This one, mixed reviews, like received well, but I would say not as well as I thought it would have been looking back at it. And maybe some of this is sort of people going back now and looking at Dreamland through the lens of all these other Kirby games that have clearly done a lot more with mm-hmm. the character. Game Rankings has it around 62%, which does include like retrospective reviews, so it's hard to gauge what the actual feeling at the time was. I really couldn't find sort of reviews from the time mm. when this came out. I'm sure they're out there. I just didn't I just didn't have any luck finding them, but it sort of seemed like generally regarded well, maybe with the passage of time. Now people are like this game is way too simple, like, you know, baby's first platformer kind of thing. Still with that over 5 million units sold, like not an insignificant number, you know, yeah. still a a big a big hitter, especially for a company like HAL Laboratory, mm-hmm. which at that point was not the HAL Laboratory that we know of today. Right. This was their most successful game at the time of its release. We've already talked about how it's the genesis of Kirby and the Kirby franchise. 
directed by Masahiro Sakurai and programmed by Satori Wada, two guys you may have possibly heard <laughs> of um, if you follow video games, and also got a 3DS virtual console re-release in 2011. Eric, I want to start off with you on this one. What was your first time playing Kirby's Dreamland, and what was your experience with it initially? So this was one I actually did get to play on original my original Game Boy hardware. It's a, it's a game that my parents picked okay. up for me. Uh, I kind of did it backwards though because my first ever experience was with Kirby uh, was during with Kirby Superstar. God damn it! Yeah, I I hold that game in very high regard because to me, like that is like the definitive version of Kirby from that era. It just it feels and yes. plays so good. So. When I played that game and my parents are, of course, like, oh, like Kirby, that's an easy buy. Just look for Kirby on the box and buy it. <laughs> and then so that when they picked up Dreamland and brought it home and I'm like, wait a second, like this isn't Kirby at all. Like, where are my copy abilities? Why can't I do the things in Kirby that I like normally able to do on, on the Super yeah. Nintendo? Your parents, you had a Wagyu <laughs> steak and then your parents were like, oh, we'll just get them a Burger King. <laughs> exactly. It's like, like, we'll hit the drive through yeah. on the way home and just eat whatever. It's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was very, very jarring. And I think uh, up until recently, till I again, I played it this week for, for to for this episode. Uh, I kind of held a lot of resentment towards it because I was just like, you're you're not Kirby Superstar. It's just you're not. You're just garbage. But I was actually getting to play these two games side by side and um, just kind of reading about how uh, this was really Hell Laboratory's like last chance. Like they were they were in pretty big trouble before this game came out. And uh, mm. this game really did kind of save them. And just the work that Sakurai and Iwata put in this game. I really enjoyed playing it, even though it doesn't have a lot of the Kirby staples that we know and love today, uh, like copy abilities and things like that. I really genuinely had a good time with it, and I can understand why it gets the knocks it does. Like, very short game. Like, I think I beat it in, like, maybe 15 or 20 minutes, just kind of blazed right through it. Yeah. (laughs) But genuinely enjoyed it. It it controls very well. It's very well programmed. Uh, Everything is the the artwork and and the design of Kirby and and just everything is, is very well done. So uh, it kind of shows you the pedigree uh, uh, that Hale had achieved with this title and would going forward. Like you said, it, it sold well enough that it kicked off a, you know, another pillar <laughs> title franchise for Nintendo, which is not something you can sneeze at. Five million units. That's a lot, considering that when you look back at the history of other Nintendo franchises like Metroid, Metroid struggles to break a million units. Yep. And the first Kirby game sells five million units like that's that's not insignificant. So, uh, yeah, I've. I kind of been in and out of Kirby ever since he's had some hit titles. He's had some missed titles, but I will always go out of my way to to play a Kirby game just because of my experiences with Kirby Dreamland included. And I think I appreciate it more now, having gone back and played it in kind of this retrospective uh, than I did as a kid because I was just like, oh, Superstar is the best thing. And this sucks. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Ashton, same question. When when did you first play Dreamland, if at all? And what was your sort of initial experience with it? I don't have a vivid a memory of playing dreamland as i do uh mario 2 okay but i'm almost certain that i played it on the game boy or possibly you know had it for the uh the super game boy as that was called it went into the super nintendo you play Mm. on tv and i think i've heard other people when they talk about this game kind of mix up all their memories of uh dreamland and adventure and usually it says (laughs) too it's like yeah wait this whole time i was thinking that was adventure right (laughs) Yeah, I remember, I actually probably remember more the advertising and sort of the hype of Kirby (laughs) more so than actually playing through the game. Yeah, I did play this game. I I remember I had played it before, but I'd never really played it per se. Like it was one of those where I threw it on for a little bit. I was like, "Eh, I'm not really feeling this and I dropped it. 
this time around, I was like, I need to actually give this one a good shot and mm. actually try to beat it considering, yeah. yeah, you could finish it in like 15 minutes. Like, I don't really have any excuse. <laughs> and I found myself really enjoying it, actually. It's very simple, very simple. And it was like, like Eric said, it was hard sort of unwiring that part of my brain that's like, I should be able to transform into <laughs> all these guys and like do all the cool Kirby moves. Right. But once you sort of once I made that disconnect, I really found myself enjoying it. I, I really found a lot to love in the simplicity of it. And there's a lot in it that I'm like, fucking Satori Wada is a fucking genius, man. <laughs> like like the emotion, the sort of attitude he's able to get out of a out of a sprite like yeah. Kirby, everything from the little dances to his like flying around to his little animations when he hits the ground. Right. Like mm-hmm. all that yep. stuff is just like, oh, my God, dude, like so much emotion, like in such a like as a as a Game Boy cart, like I never expect that from, you know, those sprites. Yeah. And I will say I cheated a little bit. I actually played these on my Retron five. So I was able to play them on the big screen. Oh, nice. Which mm. I think sort of gives the benefit of having a lot more space to breathe for the sprites and the light, as opposed to like if I'm like crouched in my mom's <laughs> minivan, like playing by the light <laughs> of a street post as we're driving yeah. by. Maybe I don't see all that. Right. right. But the stoplight's red. I can get I can get a few minutes in. Is the stoplight's red. I can yeah, play, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I just got to angle it right so I don't get like cataracts when I'm 13 because <laughs> I'm trying to like squint and look at this thing. But it was it was quite an enjoyable experience and a lot a lot more enjoyable than I thought it would be going into it. So I I really enjoyed it, you know, even for for its faults and for as much as the series sort of evolved past this entry I can still kind of see like if I squint and I'm like, I really try. I can see why people sort of fell in love with this character with this game, because there's a lot there's a lot to love there. And obviously it doesn't hurt that it was helmed by, you know, two guys, one of whom is obviously still with us, who have sort of left an indelible mark in the video game industry. And and seeing these like early fingerprints of what they were doing you can really tell that they had something special going on there. Like Mm -hmm. maybe not at the time, but like looking back on it, it's very evident. Like, damn, these guys, these guys know what they're doing. Right. Now that we've sort of set the table, you know, for, for this matchup and I'm, and I, as I'm talking about it, I'm going to be more and more excited about it. Absolutely. Because having played both of these, it's like, oh man, why did they, why did these have to end up together? (laughs) This was a really good matchup. It was unbelievable. These two got matched together. It really was. And from the outset, like looking into it, I was like, I don't know how fun this is going to be. And then I played the games. I was like, oh, this is going to be this is going to be really fun. (laughs) Absolutely. So now that we've set that table, what we're going to do is we're going to take a little bit of a break. We're going to come back on the other side of it. We're actually going to get into our criteria, get into like I like to say the meat and potatoes of the issue and sort of figure out which one of these two games is going to end up moving on to the next round of the tournament. So if you're listening right now, do not. Pause this podcast. Do not change that dial. Do not go anywhere. <laughs> We're coming right back. back mario land 2 six golden coins kirby's dreamland 
put on our gloves. Let's fucking let's go. I'm ready. Time to hash it out, baby. This is it. That's right. Watch, <laughs> we're all just gonna agree on everything. It's gonna be very, very anticlimactic at the end of the, at the end of everything. So now we're gonna go through our four major criteria for the tournament. And then obviously our ultimate decision of which game is going to move on. But just as a quick refresher, the four criteria are going to be critical and commercial reception, personal attachment, legacy, and then a head to head comparison of which game would you rather play today? We're going to vote which game we'd prefer in each. And then we're going to make our final, final decision about which game ends up moving on and which game is, I'm assuming, going to get thrown in a blast furnace <laughs> or something. Never to be played again. That's right. You're not allowed. If you're listening to this podcast now, the game that loses, you can never play it again. We are watching you. We will report you to the proper authorities if you even try. All right. So starting off with critical commercial reception, you know, there's there's a couple of ways to look at this. You can look at it as, you know, pure success, like which game sold more, which game reviewed better. And, you know, you could also look at it from a sort of more an eye on the perspective of the time versus the perspective nowadays. Like you, there's a lot of ways you can slice this pie, right? For me, I I like to keep it simple when it comes to critical and commercial reception. It seems pretty straightforward to me. And obviously you guys don't have to agree with me. I prefer if you didn't actually, <laughs> because I'm not a smart man, but it seems to me that 5 million units is a lot of video game, but you know what? It's not more than <laughs> 11 million units of video. Hold on. Let me just real quick. Yeah, no, math, yeah, math checks out yeah, on that one for the, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, we got to do some long division real quick <laughs> to see how many <laughs> how many zeros are bigger. You know, obviously Mario Land 2 sold better. It reviewed better from what I can tell. And I will give Kirby this. It's kind of unfair to just say that straight up, because when you look at Mario, you got an established franchise, right. not only an established franchise, but the established video yeah. game franchise and Mario land was doing different stuff. But if you're a kid in 1992 and you see a box that has Mario on it, you know, game there's over. not a lot. I would think that would stop you from picking up that box and sort of going to the checkout counter and buying it. Right. Assuming that it didn't come bundled with your game boy, which I know it did in, in some, in some areas, I believe uh, that Mario land too. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong about that because uh, if it was a bundle, it would have been a later bundle. But I'm going to put that out there and wait for somebody to yell at me <laughs> to confirm that I'm wrong. But just in general, I mean, the point stands that Mario is established. He is Nintendo's number one guy. Like he he's the man to beat. Like there's not a lot of video game characters that are going to go toe to toe with Mario no matter what he's doing, whether he's playing soccer, he's going to the Olympics, he's dancing, he's playing, you know, he's doing whatever. He's going to sell a million units regardless, right? Whereas Kirby is a brand new franchise coming out of the gate like a bat out of hell on fire. No doubt selling tons of units, sort of developing a fan base. And even then, I still feel like I, I have to give it to Mario Land 2 out of principle because it just it the numbers are there, right? Like it. Like, I think regardless of whether this had been Kirby 1, Kirby 2, Kirby 3, Kirby whatever, Mario Land 2 is just going to be that big. And in the context of 1992, I don't think you get much bigger than Mario Land 2, you know, like in terms of pure sales and in terms of critic review. And it's also impressive that even though they changed the formula up, 
they still got really good reviews. People were still sort of recognizing the formula. They had done a really good job of mixing it up, not letting it get stale, but also not making it so different that somebody would be like, I don't like this isn't Mario anymore. Right. And I feel like that's a hard line to walk, especially when you're this deep into a franchise like this. It's hard to keep people happy. I would say it's even harder to keep people happy nowadays. But regardless, I don't think it's ever been easy to keep sort of a fan base on the hook for that long, especially when you start to experiment. Things get a little hinky. So personally, for me, it's going to be Mario, too. But Eric, why don't you tell me what you're thinking on this one? Well, this is going to be rather anticlimactic to start, but uh, I, I'm going to agree with you in terms of the category of uh, commercial and critical recep- reception. I think Mario Land 2 wins it hands down. Uh, you, you raise a very good point. Five million units is nothing to sneeze at when you're going up against a Mario to come that close within six million units striking distance of an established IP, established juggernaut IP like Mario, yep. who uh, has basically controlled the late 80s, early 90s. That's very impressive. Uh, but however, mm-hmm. like you said, Mario's the guy. He's the top dog. And to me, you know, not just looking at it in terms of how it was received back then, but looking back on the legacy of the Game Boy as a whole and seeing that mm-hmm. it is in the top five with two Pokemon games and Tetris and Mario yep. Land one games that are yep. just absolute juggernauts of the Game Boy. I mean, that when, when you tell somebody, hey, Game Boy, like that's what they think of. You think of Pokemon, you think of Tetris and you probably think of Mario. Like those are the big three. Mm-hmm. And it, yep. it, I would say it wasn't until Pokemon came along much later that there was nothing bigger in the 90s than Mario. It's just <laughs> it, it, there was nothing. So yep. I love Kirby. Kirby has a very special place in my heart, but it's just Mario Land just came out and did did so like 11 million units. Like there are games today, big modern AAA title games that don't sell 11 million units like they just they don't. Yep. Especially at the time in 1992 when it wasn't as widely accepted and, you know, gaming was more still more of a niche hobby. To eventually mm-hmm. hit 11 million units and to have, you know, high 80s and to even look at it now and see that people are looking back on it and saying, hey, like this was a really good game. And I know we'll get into that legacy and a little bit stuff a little bit later, but yep. I think it's it's got to be Mario. I think that's that's the right answer. Perfect. Ashton, tell me what you're thinking. Mm. Well, I'm thinking generally I agree. Mm-hmm. I always think this is a bit of an odd category because like the hipster in me is like, eh, what do sales numbers mean? <laughs> or whatever. Think of the shareholders. Right. Exactly. Their needs. Yeah. Capitalism. Yeah. Well, what's interesting <laughs> about ranking is Tetris and Mario Land were bundled ones. That's true. So the Pokemon games, you know, that's Pokemon. Uh, so this is the only one that wasn't a Pokemon game and uh, at least a huge bundle. Right. Yeah. That came with the system. You're probably so. right. It probably was not bundled, but. Yeah. The, the there's something there's a pull in me that feels like they would have slapped this one on there at some <laughs> yeah. point and i think and i'm probably going to blur the lines a little bit with uh legacy here but i think when i generally hear people talk about these two games there's almost always fondness for super mario land 2 and there's always these kind of caveats like uh it was the first one or well it launched it but it's you know too short too easy too kiddish mm-hmm Kirby. So I think that's probably the reason I'm going to go for Mario Land is just kind of that, you know, just based on my sort of gut feeling. But it seems like yeah. between the two games, it is kind of critically re- received that Mario Land good. Kirby belongs in a museum, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not great. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Get your brooms out. That's a clean sweep <laughs> for Mario Land 2. And the first criteria, critical and commercial reception, we're going to mosey on down to criteria numero dos, which is personal attachment. This one, you know, I, I like personal attachment personally, just because you get to sort of talk a little bit more about what you like about the game. It's not as rigid as the first category, in my opinion. And so I, I don't want to start this one off. I want to start off with you, Ashton, because you played both of these mm-hmm. around the time of release. So I, I want to see what you think, what your sort of feeling is on where these two land in this particular category. Sure. Yeah, I think I got a little bit into it earlier that I remembered playing Super Mario Land 2 more. Mm-hmm. And I remember really enjoying it, like all my free time going to be on the Game Boy trying to collect all the six coins. I had a, a twin brother and a younger brother, so we kind of always swapped between games and systems and stuff and save files. Just to kind of jump to the end, I think I would personally give this one to Mario Land 2. I just have stronger memories of it. I remember thinking that everything that was going on in this game, I enjoyed. Like, I yeah. liked the sort of, <laughs> it's almost silly to call it open world, but you know, you don't have to go in any particular order. You could even do yep. a stage in one thing. If you're having trouble with it, check out another world uh, and go do that one. That seemed very different at the time. Uh, and I, I really liked that. And yeah, just the different worlds. And there were little like kind of homages to things like mm-hmm. the three little pigs are in there. Yeah. And then, yeah, like Kirby, I was having trouble kind of remembering even playing it. Yeah. I want to say I definitely played it. Uh, if nothing else, that I had played Kirby's Adventure and Superstar and been like, oh, yeah, this is the first one. <laughs> <laughs> so for those reasons, uh, mine goes to Super Mario Land 2. Nice. Not a man of mince words. I appreciate that. <laughs> Despite everything I said about kind of my uh, long-held angst against Kirby's Dreamland, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I-, I did actually play Kirby's Dreamland around the time it came out. And I played uh, yeah. Mario Land 2 Six Golden Coins much, much later. What I found myself struggling with with this particular question was if we are talking about Mario as a whole, I have a much greater personal connection to Mario as a whole because he was literally the first game I was ever introduced to. Yeah. At the time, though, I did not play this game, so I did not find out about it till much later. I've had time to kind of think about and I have personal emotional uh, memory attached to playing Kirby's Dreamland back when I was younger and those are very powerful and emotional memories. So mm-hmm. f- for me personally, if it's based on personal taste, I, I would have to pick Kirby's Dreamland just because a- at the time Mario Land 2 wasn't even on my radar when I was th- if I was thinking Mario, it was Super Mario World. And obviously, you know, that game was a little bit earlier, so I can't even consider that in this question. Really, I really tried to narrow it down to these two games specifically side by side. You know, I can't consider Mario as a whole because I just I love Mario so much, uh, but I also love Kirby so much. But going back to it, it's it's got to be Kirby's Dreamland for me because that was the one I actually experienced and actually had memories attached to. OK, awesome. For me, it's a little bit different. Obviously, I didn't play either of these games when they came out. I play them much, much recently, so I can't sit here and sort of misty eye <laughs> tell you about all my great memories of playing Kirby at the dentist's office or anything. But I will say that having played both of them and really enjoying my time with both of them, it, Mario Land 2. Like we've all said, very different, right? Very different, but very well executed. I thought it was put together very well. It felt really fun to play. When that turtle ate me and took me to another part of the, <laughs> that was mind blowing. I was like, holy shit. Super cool. Yeah. yeah. Like 
the the idea that you could just walk around, you know, and sort of play like Ashton was saying, play these levels in any order, sort of not be constrained by anything except what you want to do, right? Mm -hmm. How you want to tackle each thing. I think in some levels, they're even like branching paths to get to the boss. So you don't even have, it's not like you're even locked into any particular level. If you're not enjoying it, maybe you try the other one and get there. There's a lot to do. It gives you a lot of freedom. Kirby, the complete opposite. No freedom at all. There is a path. You want to get to the door. You want to get to the star. You want to get to the other door. You want to get to the boss. And it's very straightforward, but also very well executed, very well put together. There's a lot of good technical programming in that game. I think as a whole, I enjoyed my time with Kirby more because it was sort of a a compressed, concise sort of adventure. It had a beginning, it had a middle, it had an end. There's a story to it. I really enjoyed the sprite work. I really enjoyed like the emotions coming through from not just Kirby, but some of the enemy sprites as well. The boss sprites, you know, especially that tree, that goddamn tree. Every time I beat it and it starts crying, <laughs> which is I my heart aches. I honestly feel like I've done something wrong. Are we the villains? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And there's a lot of loves that sort of sort of comes through in that game. Yeah. Not to the, that's not to say that Mario doesn't have that. I it just feels I just feel it a lot more with Kirby. So I think like my personal attachment is going to go to Kirby because I had much more of a reaction mm-hmm. to playing it, mm-hmm. and I found myself more invested in that game than I did in Mario Land necessarily. Kirby's going to take personal attachment two to one, and now we're going to move on to possibly the big dog. I consider it the big dog. Legacy. And so, you know, legacy is whatever legacy means to you personally, right? Like you could define it any number of ways. I think I'll, I'll take this one first just to get us kicked off real quick. For me personally... You know, you could argue back and forth on these games for a long time. But I think when I sit back, I look at both these games, I sort of analyze what's going on here in the way that I like to approach this category. Kirby's Dreamland was the genesis of Kirby, the Kirby franchise as a whole. It doesn't have everything like it wasn't the beginning of everything. And obviously we know as the games continued and they iterated on the formula, they started adding new mechanics that now people look on very fondly. But that's not to say that you know, what the foundation that is Kirby's Dreamland is not there still. It is there. And I think a lot of the mechanics that you see in even Kirby games today, I would say unchanged for the most part from what you saw in Kirby's Dreamland. Obviously, they've added a lot more stuff. It's a lot more complicated now. It's not as as straightforward necessarily as mm-hmm. as Kirby is. But Kirby's beauty was always its simplicity in my eyes. Like Kirby was always a franchise that like when I need a break, when I need to sort of give my brain time to not be thinking about 10 million other things when I'm playing any other game, Mm. I pop in Kirby, right? Because no matter how many new tricks and gimmicks and other stuff they add, it's always very simple to pick up, to play, to enjoy. It's not, it's a very stress-free game for me for the most part. And the legacy that it built comes through to today, 30 years later, we're still getting Kirby. We got a Kirby game. Was it this year? Yeah. Yeah. 
right? Yeah, it's Forgotten uh, Land. On the Switch. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he turns into a car and he can fish <laughs> now. But other than that, you know, seems like he's still doing his thing. Whereas Mario Land 2, to its credit and its detriment, I feel like it's Mario Land 2. If you want a game like Mario Land 2, you got to play Mario Land 2. I don't think Nintendo has really ever gone back to the well on that one mm. as much as they as much as, you know, the, the stuff in Kirby is carried over. That's not to say that there's nothing that's carried over from from Mario Land 2. And that's not to say that the stuff that's there isn't good. I personally think that if you if they made a game more like Mario Land 2 now, mm-hmm. I would really enjoy a game yeah. like that. I would love mm-hmm. to have the freedom of exploration that Mario Land 2 had. And this might be a reach, but I think when you look at something like Super Mario World with its like big overworld and its sort of sprawling levels like that, you get a little bit of that sense. Right. But because you can't play those levels in any order you want, because you can't sort of decide where you want to go, it doesn't feel the same. I, I just personally feel like Mario Land 2, unfortunately, has sort of been contained to the Game Boy. Like it's never sort of seen life outside of that sort of vacuum and even though i would love to see more of that i just don't think nintendo's really interested in doing that i think they've honed in on like what mario is now and they're like we'll give them cat suit we'll do all that <laughs> but i don't think we're gonna go back to letting you guys do whatever you want anymore like i i, I don't think miyamoto likes to give up that much control right. <laughs> i think he's like i'm gonna design this experience for you and you're gonna play it the way I, I want you to, mm-hmm. you know, like you'll get mm-hmm. a little bit of choice here and there, but you're not going to get that much choice. Like we're going <laughs> to we're going to pull this back a little yeah. bit. So because of that, I think Kirby, in my mind, has the bigger legacy specifically over Super Mario Land 2, not over Mario as a whole. But Eric, I, I'm curious to see where you land on this one specifically. Yeah, again, this was this was also challenging because I, I do have such a personal connection to both of these franchises. and. I don't think anybody, you know, us here included, anybody in the King of Games Discord, any, anybody that we talk to, I don't think anybody would dispute us when they, I would say that the legacy overall of Mario is, is towering amongst video yeah. games. It is undisputed. Uh, I, I hold several takes that uh, A, video games might not be what they were, are today if it wasn't for Mario. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anytime that a mainline Mario game comes out in any given year, uh, you can make the argument that that is the best game of the year. It, they come out, they're so yeah. well polished, they're so well designed, they're so creative, they're so fun, they're approachable, they're inventive. And I, I don't think Mario Land 2 is, is any different. Uh, it's obviously one of the premier experiences on the Game Boy. It is Mario. It feels very much like Mario. It's unique, like there never before in a Mario game. And I can't think of one now there. There's a pumpkin level. There's like you said, there's a a turtle (laughs) that eats you for an underwater level. There's you go into you go into space. Uh, There's a level where you get shrunken down. You play in Mario. Yes, there's there's a level that's just Mario, which which raises the question like this Mario. (laughs) This is supposed to be Mario's Mario's Island. So did he build like a giant like God statue to himself? Like it's very. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, it's what do you think he's (laughs) he didn't build? What do you think he's doing? He enslaved some Goombas or something to do. That. <laughs> you gotta do something with all those coins right that's right mm. nobody here is is going to take away from the legacy and the tradition of of mario that's it's not possible but i 
agree wholeheartedly with her point when you said that uh, it does feel very self-contained to the Game Boy. It, it really does. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had put out, you know, four or five mainline Mario titles by this point. They know what they they knew what they wanted to do. And then obviously when Mario 64 reached such, such success, that was the formula going forward. And Mario Land is kind of a, a relic of its of its time. And one of the few probably, like you said, unique instances where Miyamoto was not involved with his creation mm-hmm. like i said anytime that mario comes out the mainline games of course i'm not talking about karting that's a different episode this this year yeah. uh, or, or <laughs> things like that it's an event and it's always a success for nintendo and that's unquestioned it, it will be that way until the end of time mm-hmm. however i think that what kirby was able to do as a brand new ip uh, from a struggling hell laboratories that came out and put out this incredibly polished incredible like incredible albeit short game that just has so much heart so much charm the cutscenes that play before every level and just the things that kirby does and the way like you said they're able to put so much emotion uh, into this Mm -hmm. little sprite that's was originally just supposed to be a placeholder like they they put a circle in there as a placeholder like that was never supposed to be kirby's intended design and to launch this pillar of nintendo that you know how many games are there in this series i i, I can't think of off the top of my head tons tons of them way like way a yes lot. <laughs> not always to the success or the degree that i would like i mean i there are certainly good kirby titles and there are certainly bad kirby titles but yeah the way that this catapulted kirby into nintendo's stable of ips that they now utilize and the way that it built hell's reputation as this company that makes very well designed experiences so much so that Nintendo promoted Satoru Iwata to the head of Nintendo mm-hmm. for him to run it because he had those philosophies. And like you said, you see a lot of the things that Dreamland establish carry through through most other Kirby games. Like that basic premise is still there. That's very approachable. It's their new unique take on platforming. Mm-hmm. I would argue, too, that that same design philosophy also comes through in Super Smash Brothers. You know, the other thing that Sakurai is well known for, it's just, it's so well designed, it's so well made, there's so much love and thought and care put into it that that comes from that time back at Hell Laboratories. So for, for those reasons, I think, I just think I have to give it to Kirby, not taking anything away from Mario, but I think that establishing uh, something new for Nintendo is is huge. And to have it have the success to beat out other established Nintendo things like Metroid, for example, absolutely massive. Mm. I think that that the legacy of that is still being felt today. All right. Awesome. Ashton, bring us home. What is what is your take here? Um, well, for legacy, at least for these two games, the way I'm kind of looking at it is what did they take from these games? And we st- either still see today or became mm-hmm. an established part of it. And the, I don't know if this is the best argument you can make for Super Mario Land 2, but it would be Wario. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's something that neither of us touched on. So yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. (laughs) So that's probably one of, if maybe the only things that came out of that. Like you said, they didn't really follow that format anymore with the open world. But it is a big thing. Yeah. (laughs) They never used the carrot bunny again, as far as I know. At least not like the, you know, Tanuki suit raccoon tail. Yeah. So the best thing you get is kind of a side character villain, not even his arch nemesis. You know, it's not Bowser, it's Wario. Right. Sometimes he's good. I don't know. I don't follow him that much. <laughs> they golf on the weekends. It's, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Exactly. They golf, they play tennis. He shakes things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure does. But then, yeah, Kirby is the creation of a character who became really huge, was really huge. He's 
you know, basically in the roster, I think, of the yep. Nintendo characters. You know, you think of Mario, Donkey Kong, Link, Samus, Kirby. Yep. He got his own kids WB animated cartoon. <laughs> he That's did. how you know oh, man. he wow. made it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and probably the only other way I kind of look at legacy is thinking about like my kids going back and playing games. Oh, interesting. Mm. It's a little bit like has the game held up, but it's not like personally which one I'd go back and play. Yeah. So I, I played both with my <laughs> five-year-old son <laughs> and pretty much the whole time all he said was he wanted to play uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Lands. So. <laughs> <laughs> what is this old game? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He was kind of interested, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I gave an answer, but it's it's going to be Kirby. Oh, OK. Mostly because <laughs> establishing literally establishing a legacy that is still going. Yep. 30 years strong, maybe. Yep. 30 years strong. Let's go. Kirby sweep of the third criteria legacy. Now we're coming into the fourth criteria head to head comparison. And this one, just to be clear, is not the final decision. Mm -hmm. This is just asking each one of us. If we had the choice, which of these games would we play today in terms of which one do we personally think holds up the best? Which one do we enjoy the most? Uh, Eric, I want to start off with you on this one. What are you what are you thinking? Yeah. So having played both of these recently, uh, I, I still think that uh, if you're of the slightly older generation like we are, I think these are still very approachable and able to, to go back and play these. Not so sure the younger generations would tolerate it. Like you said, with with th amazing things like Kirby and the Forgotten Lands, an incredible game. I love that game. Yeah. But that being said, I did experience personally, having gone back and played these recently, more slowdowns playing Mario Land 2. Uh, it seemed to have a more difficult time rendering more sprites on screen when there was like three or more things going on, like it, it tended to slow down a little bit. Whereas when I went back and experienced Kirby, that was not the case. There were there were certain moments where it was just a little bit like it would lag just, just a tiny, the tiniest of bit. Yeah. But I felt that when comparing the two side by side, what Nintendo and I believe that was R&D one put out versus what Hell Laboratories put out mm -hmm. and what Kirby meant to Hell Laboratories as a, as, you know, a struggling game company that was backed by Nintendo. So to Iwata and Sakurai knocked that game out of the park and they've stuffed so much charm into it. They made sure it was running. They must have squeezed in, in every single ounce of power out of the Game Boy that they, they possibly could to get that game to run the way that they did. Iwata, it's it's no he's he's a technical genius when it when it came to that stuff. One of my favorite stories, not to go off on a tangent. Yeah, they came to him during the development of Pokemon Gold and Silver, and he basically like invented a way to get the whole second region on that cart <laughs> and, and and ship that game. Yeah. Just the work that he was able to do. And one thing that I was kind of influencing my decision was, was I, I looked at that ROM hack and just how colorful mm -hmm. six golden coins was. And like that, that game looks really, really good in that ROM hack. But I'm like, it didn't come out in this state. It didn't come out like this. So I have to look at it. Yeah purely based on these two games side by side. All those things considered, uh, I just think Kirby holds up better. I think it was a better made game. Mm -hmm. If I had to go back and pick one today, it, it is a game that, albeit is shorter, I think it respects your time. And that's something that I value a lot getting older here. And, you know, now that I've started my <laughs> own, trying to start my own family and, you know, have a house and yep. things like that, something that I can just sit down and play for 15 minutes and feel like I made significant progress feels really, really good. 
I enjoyed playing both these games over the last week, but I enjoyed playing Kirby more. I think it was just a, a better made game. And I, it's the one I would recommend for people to if I if there was like uh, someone was holding me at gunpoint is like you have to recommend one of these games. I would recommend <laughs> Kirby for sure. I like that point you made, too, about respecting your time. This is when I realized it was downhill for me when people were like yelling at Skyrim for not being like 700 <laughs> hours long because it costs like $70. I was like. They could make that game and have it be like two hours long. I would be so happy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Past the five hour mark, like if you're not good, I'm gonna start actively resenting you for it. Right. <laughs> like I'm gonna I'm gonna blame you for my decision to keep playing. But Ashton, why don't you tell us what your take is on this as far as the head-to-head comparison goes? Sure. One of the things I really enjoy about video games is the sense of progression be it levels or worlds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I were to pick one to sit down and play the whole way through, I think I would probably enjoy Super Mario Land 2 a bit more. Yeah. It, you know, has basically, you know, you got to get, you got to collect something, which is kind of a numeric progression. Uh, you got to mm-hmm. get through the stages of each place to get them. As far as respecting your time, like it has a save feature, so you can play mm-hmm. as much as the time you got and then pick it up and come back later. Whereas Kirby, yeah. you have to start fresh every time, right? I can't remember, actually. <laughs> I don't remember, but yeah. I don't think there is. I didn't see. I mean, I, I the thing is, I beat it in one sitting. So right, right. <laughs> I can't, right. I can't so it does say. Have that. So I think I uh, would kind of get a more long game out of it, I guess, in almost a literal sense. Yeah. And it just feels like each world's a little different, just a little bit more than Kirby. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it's just the power-ups and... You know, the ways you get through the different levels it even has checkpoints and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, I think I would just it would take me a little bit longer to get through. But I think I would like that, that it has kind of a bigger investment or more yeah. things to do, maybe is what is what I'm thinking, especially when I was younger and had more time. And even now where <laughs> I don't have the time in like one chunk, but, you know, throughout the yeah. week, throughout the month, whatever. So so my votes uh, going to Super Mario Land too. Fair enough. I like the point you made about the progression, right? And specifically for me, when you see those coins just dropping into that door, very satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> but by that same token, this is where my bias sort of comes in because mm-hmm. I suck at platforms. I'm not good at them. I'm very <laughs> bad at them. And so when I got a game over at Super Mario Land for the first time and I saw all my coins just flying oh, up no. out of that door... <laughs> And then realizing I had to, at least I, I was like, I better not have to do all the levels again. No, you just have to beat the boss again oh, okay, yeah. of each area that you lose the coin for. Oh, shit, I forgot about that. See, exactly. Yeah. See, this is what happens when you're good. When you're good at the game, <laughs> you don't have these problems. But when you're me and you suck, then you have to deal with that. So that that was frustrating. I will say to your point, Ashton, like there is so much more variety in Mario Land 2 unquestioning like even though there is you know kirby's worlds i think are very well designed Mm -hmm. they're very fun to look at and play through at a certain point i kind of felt like i was going through very similar worlds and especially at the end before you fight king ddd when you have to do a boss Mm -hmm. rush type thing Mm -hmm. i was like all right this better be the last thing (laughs) because there's only so many like little starry skies i can sort of float through before i just get tired of this so there was that that sort of progression, that sort of like, like, like we said before, that freedom in Mario Land 2 that you just don't get in Kirby because it's not designed that way, right? Like Mario mm-hmm. Land 2 is just such an, 
you can tell that it's a a sequel to a game and you can tell that it was made by people who have sort of been working on things like this for a while because Mm -hmm. they they're not sort of holding themselves back in any sense right they're they're going whole hog on this they know this they know this hardware they know how to squeeze every little bit of energy out of this cartridge and they did you know they went for it and it worked out like it's a very impressive game and it and it does a lot of things right but again i'm very bad at it (laughs) (laughs) and so like for me the beauty of kirby is again it's that simplicity it's that ability to just sort of go 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 not really have to think a whole lot and still have fun still keep moving not to say i didn't die at kirby quite a bit but i felt like i wasn't punished as much for dying in kirby Mm -hmm. right and that's really the the thing i think it turns on Mm -hmm. as far as you prefer one or the other for a lot of people because if you don't mind that challenge if you don't mind sort of having to actually put work in i think super mario land is easily a better game to play in terms of it's going to keep you entertained for longer. There's a lot more variety. There's a lot more to do. It's a more complex game. It's a lot more to sink your teeth into. Mm-hmm. But Kirby is, for me, it's it's that ultimate relax game. It's that ultimate, like, when I'm not playing a huge RPG or I'm not playing some, like, turn-based strategy game or I'm not playing some, like, you know, sort of hack and slash anything else that I have to think about, like, more than two buttons at a time. Yeah, This is the game that I'm like, Let's take a breath. Let's really <laughs> relax and, and play some Kirby. Right. And in that context, like if I had, I always put it this way in every episode I'm on, if I had two TVs in front of me, one of them mm-hmm. had super Mario land two on it. The other one had Kirby's dreamland on it. I had to sit down in front of one. I'm going to take Kirby's dreamland, I think. So for me, that that's my reasoning behind that. Like it's not, it's not a knock on Mario land two. It's not to say like Kirby is, is a better game necessarily, or it's even the more complex game, but it's the game that I would want to play nine times out of 10, if given the choice between the two. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be that Kirby sort of squeaks by on that (laughs) criteria two to one. You know, it's, it's been interesting. There's been a real back and forth here that I was not expecting. Like, I know I've said that a lot about this episode, but like, I, you always feel like Mario is inevitable, right? Like Mario is just Mario. He just exists and everybody else just has to sort of make a do with whatever's left in its wake. (laughs) So I'm glad to see that like Kirby is sort of being able to get some shots in. Now that we've gone through all of that, gone through critical commercial reception, personal attachment, legacy, head to head. Now it's time for the final, final decision. And so we're going to go around and we're going to each sort of give our final pitch, tell which game we are picking to move on and which game is unfortunately not going to be doing that. I'll kick us off just because I don't want to have the final decision <laughs> in case one of you does sure. something hinky. And, and just because I, I feel like I've said a lot of what I'm going to say in this in this summary here, you know, playing both of these games, when I was presented with both of them, I was like, I think it's going to be Mario. Like, I really do. I having not played either of these games just because Mario is Mario. And I've heard so many good things about Mario Land 2 specifically. Mm-hmm. I'm coming in expecting it to be Mario. Kirby, I know, is good. But as we've established, like very nice foundation. You look at it, you're like, well, there's no cracks here. Like somebody really took time and care to lay this down. 
it's not the house that's built on top. <laughs> like that's every other game that does a lot better. Like that's where you get your running water, your AC or everything else that you enjoy those creature comforts. Yeah. But that house would not exist. It would not be there without the foundation that allows for it to stand. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's the that's the beauty of of a game like Kirby's Dreamland. If you look at it in the context of the year when it was released, it's a big game. It's a big game. It's doing something new. It's doing it's doing it well, which is, you know, not not to say that that's hard for a video game to do, but even especially on the Game Boy with all the limitations that are just inherent in making a game for a portable console like that. Kirby's Dreamline, I feel like, really stands out in terms of how it was programmed, how it was designed, the artwork, the enemy design, all that stuff just nails it. Super Mario Land 2 also does that, but the problem here that I see, and obviously I'm, I'm still keeping in the context of 92, right? Because Mario has a pedigree, now I'm looking at this game as not just, you know, X Game Boy game here, but Mario Land 2. Right. Like that name carries weight and that name has <laughs> has a meaning to it, you know, and it's inevitable that if you pick up a game called Mario Land 2, there are certain expectations that just exist in your mind. And I think it, it met them. I, I definitely would not say that this is a game that I don't think fits in to that, you know, pedigree. I don't I'm not saying that it doesn't deserve to be called Mario Land or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it's just so different. Right. It's just so different. And and that's not a bad thing, but it, it's something that sort of itches the back of my brain whenever I'm talking about this game. I'm like, it's Mario Land, but somehow it feels wrong to say that because it, it just does a lot of things that I really like, but aren't what I expected coming into it. For that reason, and taking everything else that we've talked about into consideration, because we've talked a lot about both of these <laughs> games, ultimately, because it sort of strikes that deeper chord with me. And it's a game that I sort of came into thinking I had lower expectations for, and it really surpassed those expectations. I'm going to end up going with Kirby's Dreamland for this. Wow. I don't know if that's going to come as like a shocking decision (laughs) based on everything I've said, but I, but I really think in the context of the year, the, these two games came out, I think Kirby's Dreamland is the better game for me personally. I think it deserves to move on and sort of represent the Game Boy against the other non-Game Boy games of 1992. That sort of puts me out of the way. I've made my decision. <laughs> I've locked that in. I have no time for regret. But because I went first, I also can't be held responsible for whatever Fantastic. happens from this point forward. <laughs> yeah. So with that, with that out of the way, Ashton, I'm going to go to you first. I'm going to leave Eric in the hot seat for this one. Great. What's your decision putting everything we've we've talked about in, in its final context? That point you brought up about the uniqueness of Super Mario Land 2 was probably one of the strongest legs that I, in my mind it had to stand on mm-hmm. to compare these two games in and of themselves, you know, what they are and I guess how they fit into their own series and video games and stuff. Uh, I think that's something you can say about as far as it being a Mario game, uh, why even talk about it, I guess, is that it Mm -hmm. did some unique things. It is its own thing for either good reasons or bad. They didn't repeat them. But yeah, I really liked what you said about if you're going to get that Mario Land 2 experience, this is it. This this is what you got to do. That's it. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, the way I've, probably been thinking about this this whole time since 
I got put in this uh, episode. <laughs> is it came kind of down to me as, yeah, sequel versus the first game, mm-hmm. the grandfather, grandmother of a, of a series. Uh, and even again, if you go back to kind of the characters it created, you know, at best, Wario would be, you know, sort of a second tier, maybe your tier and a half villain. <laughs> while Kirby is the main star of his series. He's certainly no Waluigi. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that should be yeah, a big part of have, legacy. If it wasn't for yeah, Wario, we wouldn't if, have Waluigi. Exactly what I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I, I have to change, change my, my entire <laughs> opinion. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't sure which way I was going to go. And I think I was even proven by, I think I gave two points to each for the four categories. Yep. So I wasn't really sure. But I guess I was pretty sure that ultimately I was going to land on Kirby. Uh, I think for a lot of the reasons that you said, wow. Arnie. Wow. Okay. I... Even though I would rather play Mario Land 2, I think it did some really cool things and introduced some cool things to the two video games from the Game Boy. I think mm-hmm. that Kirby's kind of a more important game mm-hmm. in the sort of grand scheme of video games, I guess. Just that it is the first one. It's not just kind of like I said before, it's up there with Mario. You know, he's not on mm-hmm. top, but he's up there. <laughs> so I think for pretty much for that reason, I think which game should continue to be part of this. Uh, I think Kirby's Dreamland. All right. All right. Not, not what I expected. <laughs> Eric, bring us home. Are we, are we seeing, should I, should I pull out the broom or is it, or is it a little early for that? I, well, there's certainly no more pressure because I don't have to cast the tiebreaking yeah. vote now. So that's thank I thank you very much. That's true. That's true. I was going to spoil it by saying that, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think there's been, when I originally looked at, I got scheduled for this one, and Chris did. I, I I didn't really think about anything of it at first. I was just like, oh, okay, Game Boy games, like like whatever. Um, but playing these yeah. games and the more I thought about them, and despite the fact that you know I've taken Kirby in three of the four categories, this was way closer than I ever expected it to be. These games, and there's a reason that they're they're the eight and nine seed in the tournament. They're they're that close. They're they're that good. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were yeah. when we ranked them all. I don't think they were they that far off in, in points that separated them. Mm-hmm. I would choose means that the system works. <laughs> Again, it, I'm not gonna. I, I can't take anything away from Mario. You just can't. Even if even if Mario loses or wins or whatever happens to him, like he, it's still Mario. You can't you can't ever dispute that. Yeah, there's a reason. Why it was if you I mean, if you take away the fact that Pokemon was a cultural juggernaut and that Tetris was a pack in title with the Game Boy, arguably Mario <laughs> Land one and two were the the best games on the Game Boy, uh, the best games yeah. on that console generation, whatever you want to call it, that hardware cycle. Mm-hmm. You can't take that away from it. Like Mario is Mario. He will always be Mario. His games will always be events. And I think that we just as people that play games kind of take that for granted because at least in my opinion, he's been consistently great for so long that we're just like, yeah. oh, like another, like maybe here or there, like the mainline ones. Like, yeah, Mario is background noise at this point. He just yes. exists. And they, people don't sit down and like, appreciate it. Like all these games are made incredibly well, uh, including Mario Land 2 yeah. with the hardware they had at the time. Mm-hmm. That being said, the way I kind of settled this in my brain was uh, I, I kind of did the time travel thing where I was like, if I was to go back in time and kill both of these games what would oh, what God. would the outcome be i'm getting a little hardcore here so um this is a looper situation. yeah exactly it's the it, would you go back in time and kill hitler uh whoa I did, sorry um anyways just you hammering these uh, toys r us getting dragged out of the I store i show up at wada's house and be like you don't want to go into work today <laughs> just just, yeah. just stay home 
choose a new path. <laughs> I'm from the future. But no, I think uh, if you were to go back in time and kill Super Mario Land 2, uh, I think Mario would more or less be the same as he is today. Uh, if you were to go back in time and just kill or impede Kirby from being made, that's a very large chunk of Nintendo's history that just disappears all of a sudden because it is very foundational. Yeah. Mario exists despite Mario Land 2's existence. Kirby would not mm-hmm. exist without Kirby uh, Dreamland. I, I very yeah. firmly believe that. Uh, if that game was not a success, uh, maybe Hal would not even exist. Uh, we're not we're not sure. Yeah, that's true. Good point. But it was it was a success. And for all the reasons that we lined up here, uh, I think when it comes to uniqueness, it, it's super close because both these games are very unique. Kirby's a fresh take on the platformer. Mario Land 2 is one of the most unique games uh, Mario games I've ever played. Just like a, one, one thing to point out, like, did you guys, when you were playing Mario Land 2, see the little enemies in the Jason masks with the knife sticking out of their head? Yes. I was like, mm-hmm. is this yes. a Mario game? Like, that was wild. <laughs> it was absolutely wild to me that I was like, this is a Nintendo game. Like, that dude's got a knife sticking out of his head. <laughs> but like I said, all the reasons that I've pointed out in my past points as to why Kirby's Dreamland should move on is why it should move on. You know, it established how laboratories it established a central pillar franchise of Nintendo. And uh, that's not something that every game can say. <laughs> it's 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 yeah, certainly yeah. not. So in the grand scheme of things, I think Kirby is certainly the right choice to move on. I know that currently nowadays, six golden coins is kind of thought of a little bit better if you were to put these side by side. But kind of in the grand scheme of things, Kirby's Dreamland just matters more than Mario Land 2. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, kind of the way I felt about it, uh, thinking about it in 92 specifically and as a title overall. Fair enough. It's Kirby's Dream Land. <laughs> Three to zero. Not expecting it. I was not expecting it. I will also say I really liked your point that if, if you know, if Kirby's Dream Land didn't exist, how Laboratory would most likely not exist in the form we know them today. It, by that same point, though, Masahiro Sakurai feel would be a much healthier and happier person <laughs> in general by not having to sacrifice his body to make like another Super Smash Brothers. Every time I see him do one of his videos, which I hope he's taking vacation now. Oh, dude, my I'm God, just like, I'm, I'm like, somebody get this man a cheeseburger like he needs to eat. Like he needs a yeah. vacation. I think he's like said like one time he hadn't taken a day off in like like an absurdly stupid long amount of time. I'm like, dude, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like he lives in the body of like a 97 year old man. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he looks much better than I do currently. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. But no, he I feel like he, his sanity is just hanging on. my <laughs> Every time I see him on camera, he's like. Yeah, I guess this is it. Like, here's the last <laughs> Smash Brothers fighter. Like, Sir, are you good? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but there you have it, folks. Another King of Games in the wow. can. Kirby's Dreamland. Moving on to the next round. Mario Land 2. As we put him on a floating bed of ice and ship him off into the wild blue yonder, <laughs> never to be seen again. He fought bravely. And so nothing is. We can't have any regrets for that. No regrets. Know? It was it was good while it lasted. Technically, Mario is still in the fight. 
he's still in this tournament. That's so. right. It's true. I know. Yeah, I, that's the thing is Mario, even though two of his games have lost, somehow oh, yeah. he's still he's still around <laughs> somehow because he is inevitable. Yeah, that's a testament yeah. to Mario that he had three games in this year's tournament. Uh, shocking. Yep. I suspect we have not seen the last of Mario. I do not think so. And we will not see the last of Mario for a while yet to come. But that's a story for another day and not my problem. So with that, we're going to close it out here. My name is Arnie. Thank you guys so much for allowing me to host another episode of the Retro Hangover podcast. And now we're just going to plug some pluggables. So, Eric, let's start off with you. Tell the people where they can find you, what you do, where they should hit you up. First of all, Arnie, thank you so much for hosting. Fantastic job. Uh, It's really been a dream come true for me to be on one of these ever since I heard the the 2000 tournament. So uh, just letting me be a part of it. I appreciate you, you and Chris and everybody that put this together. Thank you so much. It was this was awesome. Oh, no problem. As I said at the top of the show, my name is Eric. Uh, I host the Unlockables podcast, which I bill as the story of video games, the people who play them and the memories made along the way. I invite people on the show to talk about their memories, their experiences with video games. And the content they create. A lot of people I talk to do podcasts and, and stream and, and do things like that. Uh, so if you want to talk to me about video games or anything, uh, you can find me on Twitter at the one true sire, Instagram on at unlockables pod. Uh, and my podcast is available on pretty much any podcatcher you want. The two biggest ones I show are obviously your Spotify or Apple podcasts. Mm-hmm. If you want to listen to me on any of the smaller ones and I'm not there, just let me know. I'll put the show up there for you. So uh, that's the main ways of getting hold of me. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is your best bet. And I'm in, I don't have my own discord, but I figured I didn't need that. Cause I'm in basically like every other person's discord. So if you find <laughs> me there, like just say hi, I don't need the stress of trying to talk in everyone else's discords and plus my own. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. Awesome. Ashton, do you have anything you want to plug? Do you want to tell the people where they can find you at all? I'm more of a behind the scenes guy. So. <laughs> Perfect. No, I don't, that I've never been a fan of the Twitters and the, than the TikToks and all the stuff the kids do. You are a healthier man than I. <laughs> it's an icky yeah. world out there. <laughs> yeah. No, I mostly just help Chris and Shane out with the Retro Hangover podcast. Sweet. So yeah, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're aware of Retro Hangover, but uh, they make a great show and they have lots of great guests. Yeah, and this is probably the only Discord I actually participate in. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, definitely make sure you check out Retro Hangover and every podcast on this king of games is really good and people who take the time to make a good show talk about things that they love and you know what more could you ask for so yeah thanks arnie for hosting and thanks eric first time working with both of you and it's it's been a lot of fun yeah it's been awesome awesome yeah no thank you guys for coming on this was a great episode i had a ton of fun talking to both of you um you can find me nowhere i don't want to be found uh i want to keep my terrible takes to myself i don't want anybody to yell at me but if you are on the retro hangover discord for any reason you might see me lurking around so you can you can try to dm me or or be my friend i'll probably say no never hurt to try right thank you guys again for joining me on this one thank you guys for listening to the king of games 1992 hosted by the retro hangover podcast we will see you next episode bye-bye